I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The revenge story that you're about to hear is one of the most well thought out and executed plans that I've ever come across. No spoilers, but I'll give you a little hint. It involves three hours of continuous running along a certain route every day for two weeks straight. Weird, I know. Let's get into it. I got you a souvenir. Yeah, I got you fired from the post office. Sit back and enjoy a story about some revenge I achieved at the US Postal Service back in the 1990s that cost a bullying full-time carrier his union job. In summer of 1991, I found a summer job as a casual carrier for the US Postal Service. They used to hire summer temps to cover for all the full-time carriers who mostly took their vacations in the summer. The USPS had, and may still have, rules that things had to be delivered within certain times windows people could get fired if they took too long to do tasks carriers were both openly and secretly monitored and timed on tasks and we had the first computerized time system that i'd ever seen they'd be secretly followed a few times per year to be sure they were working hard the entire time they were outside the post office the post office building even had secret back hallways passive sound monitoring and hidden raised viewing areas where they could see the sorting floor unobserved Cameras and microphones were hella expensive back then, so this was all done using tricky architecture and the eyes and ears of the postal inspectors. We were supposed to walk over and punch in and out of tasks so that they could track productivity to the second. People walking a delivery route were expected to do it fast, and better routes went to faster carriers. Slow carriers got mercilessly hassled to be faster and were disciplined for slowness. Look at Newman on Seinfeld. Going postal due to overwork was not really a joke there because people would flip out and murder their bosses. I hear it's worse now with GPS. Pre-internet, there used to be a huge volume of mail that got shuffled around the country every day. Quantities of mail that you would find hard to believe compared to what we see now. I was a broke college student home for the summer and was willing to work any hours they gave me. So the supervisors liked me. I was also very friendly with most of the full-time carriers because I was a good worker and I didn't rock the boats. Also for other reasons that you'll see below. I am a fairly big guy, six foot five or about 195 centimeters and about 210 pounds back then. And I could carry a lot of weight. So that also made management happy. I was also in my early twenties with long legs so I could move fast carrying a lot of weight. Sorting mail back then was labor intensive and took a lot of time to learn I had a regular route that I would deliver in the afternoons that was sorted by a regular I would usually do oddball delivery stuff in the mornings help move heavy things around do special deliveries, etc I would also deliver for full-time carriers that went on vacation or whose t6 was on vacation Side note mail delivery is six times per week, but full-time carriers only work five days per week The T6 is a full-time carrier who did the sixth day for five routes. That way, it worked out that everyone only worked five days per week. At the time, a lot of retail catalogs were mailed to houses. A lot of them. Some were substantially bigger than current magazines. 
We also delivered magazines, ads, packages, and samples. A lot of companies would mail free samples of products like laundry detergent, shampoo, and other liquids to be delivered to every house on the route. These were the bane of the carrier's existence because they were bulky and heavy. This slows you down and is physically taxing. Usually, carriers would divide the very heavy stuff up and deliver it throughout the week. So, on to the revenge. I was assigned to do the T6 work for Dave, name changed, for a few months. Frickin' Dave. Picture a failed phys ed teacher in his 40s. Bad moustache, about 5 foot 7, wore knockoff sunglasses like Magnum PIs, and had an opinion about everything. Dave learns he has me as his T6 and decides he will leave all of the heavy stuff for me. So, once a week, I got confronted with the entire week's worth of heavy mail for this butthole's roots. I confronted him about it, and he basically laughed and said there was nothing I could do about it. The other full-time carers didn't like Dave much either, but I was a temp and he was there permanently, so I was encouraged to just suck it up. I went to our boss and escalated to our postmaster, but was told that he was full-time and I was a temp, so I just had to deal with it. If the mail needed to be delivered that day to meet the deadline, I had to make it happen. The postmaster's exact words were, just deliver every piece of mail for the route as fast as you can and don't worry about the time it takes or anything else. You're making huge overtime on this route. Now, they did talk to Dave and the most egregious stuff stopped, but I was still doing most of the hard work on this entire route. I mentioned earlier that everyone was always on the clock and tracked. In my first week, some of the nicer people took me aside at the beginning of the summer and made it clear to me that I was not to move quickly when delivering full-time carrier's routes because it could make them look bad and cause trouble for them. As a temp, I should always take longer than the full-time carriers do because one, my job was limited and the US Postal Service did not really track temps closely. Two, I had zero experience, so everything should take me longer. Three, this was a union shop and they would hate to have to kick my butt for messing up their jobs. And four, most of these people were awesome and I wanted to be a team player. So I was incentivized to move slowly and not make the full-time people look bad. Side note, I am very pro-union and pro-labor, so this is not intended to knock unions, but the context is needed. I decided to wreck Dave's job since he was such a bullying little tool. I requisitioned, or demanded to use, two additional mail carrier bags. These are the -the over-the-shoulder satchels you see all the time. I was asked why, and I specifically told them it was to be able to carry all of the heavy items on Dave's route without having to keep going back to my Jeep to reload along the way. The postmaster personally approved it. After doing Dave's route one to three times per week, he called in sick a lot too, for a few weeks, I knew it very well and was staying on top of the heavy stuff. Once I was comfortable with the route, I started running it. I would literally load up three mail bags for each segment of the route and jog or run his entire route. Dave's route took him about four and a half hours per day to walk. This was probably accurate for him and he'd been on the route for several years. I would finish it in three hours or less. Every day, rain or shine. No matter how many magazines, samples or packages were waiting. No one really noticed I was coming back so quickly and punching back out of delivering his routes when I was only doing it a few times per week. I would come back, pick up other work and get that done. 
The fun started when Dave took a two-week vacation and I handed his route six days per week. Since I was doing the work right, there was never a backlog of heavy items landing on me once per week. So this made it even easier to jog or run his route as I was back to using one mailbag and fast walking, jogging was enough to get it done quickly. I frequently got it done in under three hours and never took longer than about three and a half. My personal best was under two and a half hours. I got pulled aside by my supervisor and the postmaster after the first week. They asked me about my timekeeping practices and I confirmed that I was doing things correctly. I would punch into his route on departure, keep the appropriate logs and punch back in when I got back. The postmaster then asked me about Dave's routes. I played completely dumb. He noted that I complained about the mail volume several weeks ago and that I used to take six, seven or more hours to get it delivered. I explained that I was spreading the heavy deliveries out over the whole week and that had really made a difference. He asked me if I was really delivering all the mail and whether I was hiding or throwing away mail. A serious problem if true. I got very offended and told him I delivered every piece of mail for the routes every day. Then I dropped the bomb. I told him I was having trouble understanding why this route was budgeted four and a half hours to deliver when it clearly could be done much faster than that. I pointed out that it was a lot of dense multifamily housing, which means less walking. I told him lots of people on the route seemed surprised that I didn't want a soda pop or to sit down and talk for a minute like Dave always did with them. These were pure lies, by the way. This was all in my innocent. Gosh, I want to help the USPS voice. I told the postmaster that I was delivering all the mail as fast as I could and not worrying about anything else. I jogged the route again for the next six days and kept getting it done in much less time than Dave. Dave didn't know about any of this. He made a point of finding me on his first day back to ask how I enjoyed doing all the hard work for him while he was vacationing. I told him I'd learned a lesson about how to treat your co-workers. He laughed at me and went back to sorting mail. He came back a few minutes later and said he got me a souvenir. He then pulled his middle finger out of his pocket. Classic Dave. That was my last week at the US Postal Service and I headed back to college. I kept in touch with some of the friends I'd made there and one of them was very happy to tell me that Dave was fired about two months after I left due to the massive discrepancy in how long it took me and him to deliver that same route. The higher ups audited his routes and discovered that he actually was lollygagging, taking unauthorized breaks and apparently having an affair with the woman on his routes all on the clock i on the other hand was in great physical shape after all that running and had pockets full of cash for that semester his regular t6 also got most of the heavy stuff dumped on her so she didn't get into any trouble for her delivery times because she was swamped with heavy mail on her day she actually bid for and got the route full time when dave was shown the door i do have more stories of my glorious summer at the u.s postal service but crushing dave is one of the high points okay wow this is actually sensational revenge for so many reasons first of all the image i've got in my mind of you sprinting on this route for two weeks straight for over two and a half hours is nuts just because you hate someone that much i mean i rate it very highly you got the job done but wow that is a lot of effort second of all i really like how you didn't really do anything that was that bad yeah sure a couple of white lies in there i can see that i understand but ultimately dave actually wasn't doing his job correctly you know he was wasting company time and yeah the company came to that conclusion in a weird way via you running the route which by the way is still just so brilliant i mean that is just so good but hey he was rightfully fired for wasting company time and he's also just a 
So there you go. Opie has actually said further down in the comments and stuff that Dave apparently was a horrible person to all the temps, not just him. Sounds to me like he was just a terrible person in general, bullying people for the sake of it, no real reason. Yeah, get that swine gone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should always pay your accountant, especially if you've got skeletons in your closets. My buddy is an accountant. He has his own firm. His biggest clients are small to medium-sized businesses. Well, he had a client who owned four different clubs, bars in two different cities. The client was always shady, always slow on payment, etc. I was also a customer of one of the bars. They had a poker game that I would play in on Thursdays. One day, I'm at my buddy's house having a few beers and he's complaining about non-payment from a client. I ask who, but he doesn't want to say. But it's really bugging me because it's a significant amount of change. He then says the name. We'll call him Scott. I'm like, wow, Scott isn't paying you. He then says Scott is saying business is way down. And I think that's odd. I've been going to one of Scott's places and every Thursday it's packed. My buddy looks at me and goes, really? I go, yeah, he does this new cash discount thing. 15% off your tab if you pay cash. My buddy goes, really? I tell him about my experience at Scott's bar and eventually the topic changes. A few weeks later, my buddy calls me up and says, you going to Scott's bar to play poker? I said, yeah. He says, can I join? And I say, sure. He joins, we get a few drinks in, lose our money at poker. My house is closer, he decides to crash there. On the way over, he breaks down his theory. He thinks Scott is vastly underreporting his revenue. The reason why he suspects Scott is offering a cash discount is because cash is easier to hide. He says he's going to do a deep dive on Scott's finances. My friend tells me his plan is to go to all four of Scott's establishments, get the prices he charges at each place, piece together how much alcohol he's buying versus how much Scott is saying his revenue equates to. He looks up how much Scott is paying in payroll, rent, bills, etc. Keep in mind he has access to all this info. And he determines that Scott is basically using his credit card receipts and a little bit of cash to cover his cost of his business to include rent, payroll, insurance, liquor, food, etc. However, based upon the amount of products he's selling, he suspects Scott is underreporting his total income by about 35 to 40%. He goes back into Scott's books even more. And he figures in the last year, Scott has been underreporting his sales by 35 to 40%, but he's also been underreporting his sales by at least 20 to 25% for years on end. Simply put, there is no way Scott is going through as much product and as much alcohol as he's purchasing and having the revenue numbers that he's claiming. He's underreporting his sales to his accountants, which means he's also underreporting his earnings to the IRS. By this point, Scott owes my friend thousands of dollars that he hasn't paid. He said the total amount could buy a brand new motorcycle. He never gave me the exact number though. My friend decides, screw getting repayment from Scott at this point. 
let's get repayment from the IRS through the whistleblower program. He's estimating Scott's underreported his revenue by millions of dollars over the course of years. The whistleblower fees he'd earn from the IRS far outweigh the amount Scott owes him. The IRS will pay between 15 to 30% of what they collect. So, with the assistance of a lawyer, my friend gathers all the evidence he has on Scott's underreporting to the IRS and files a whistleblower report with the IRS. During this time, my friend fires Scott as a client for non-payments. Now, this part gets boring because there's a lot of legal wrangling and back and forth, and this went back and forth. However, eventually the IRS comes down on Scott's and they come down hard. It's estimated that Scott underreported his income to the IRS by about four and a half million dollars. Now, my friend never told me how much the IRS was able to recoup. But Scott's businesses are no longer his businesses, and $4.5 million would put the whistleblower reward at $675,000 to $1.3 million. Keep in mind, it's based on what the IRS collects, not the amount that's reported. I've asked my friend how much he got in the end, and he simply says, I no longer have a mortgage, and it would have been much cheaper for Scott to just pay me. Well, Scott, a little word of advice from me to you. If you're gonna do this, and you're gonna hide how much you're actually earning, surely the one person that you have to keep up to date with payments is your accountant, given that they're the ones that are actually filing this to the IRS. If you're not paying them, like we saw, they're gonna wonder what's going on delve a little deeper and ultimately make a lot of money a lot more than they would have done had they just kept you on as a client you know i just love revenge like this because there's no malicious stuff in here is there like op's friend wasn't paid the money that was duly owed to him for doing his job went through the whistleblower program completely legally and then got money completely legally from someone who was doing illegal things it's just great the definition of pro revenge just very efficient and, and got the desired effects i love it planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.